0: Astros baseball is brought to you by Ram shirts. Ram shirts offers custom printed and embroidered apparel. They offer direct to garment printing for small runs and screen printing for larger
1: runs. Follow them on Twitter and Instagram at Ram shirts. Go to Ramshirts.com for all your custom apparel needs. Welcome to Astros baseball, a podcast by a fan for the fans of the Houston Astros. Here's your host, Rob Fontenot. To another episode of Astros Baseball. Joining me tonight from climbing Tall's Hill and Astros Future, this is your second visit, Kenny yeah, Van is. Doren. Kenny, welcome back, buddy. Thanks for having me back, Rob. This is the second episode live from the Crush City Studios, so it's pretty exciting.
0: Yeah, it's cool to see the whole video set up and you know, it looks like you're moving forward and it's better, you know, Good podcasting here.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm getting a little more professional. <clears throat> Picked up a, a MacBook Air. Now I got. I'm in the Crush City Studios. I mean, there's no stopping me now.
0: Yeah, just gonna keep. Uh, I know that you and Patrick Creighton had like one of the top podcasts in Asia recently. So just keep attacking it, didn't you? You and, you had one with Patrick Creighton, right?
1: Oh, in Singapore.
0: Singapore. That's where it was. Yeah. Singapore. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Keep attacking different markets.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't know who's listening to it in Singapore, but I, I was number one for a long time in Singapore. There. <laughs> All right. So, what we want to do today is talk about the twenty-eight man roster. So, and so, I'll just kind of go through the roster in pieces, and then I'll. I got questions for you. You ready for that? Yep. All right. Well, so we'll start with the rotation. We got Framber, Oderizzi, J.V. Urquidy, Luis Garcia. Question number one: The rotation minus Lance McCullers Jr. Are you good with that for now?
0: I think it's good to start the season like that. Um, <clears throat> you look at somebody like Justin Verlander; he's going to be on limit or inning restrictions. Uh, some guy, a you know, guy, coming off Tommy John surgery. Um, there wasn't a full spring training. So every rotation is going to be a little rusty coming into the year. Uh, not everyone's going to be throwing 100 pitches right out of the gate. Um, you might see Fromberg only pitch 80, 90 in his f- first start, but um, there's going to be a lot of piggybacking. That's why you have guys like Christian Javier. You have someone like Peter Solomon, uh, Sean Dubin, guys in AAA who can come up to the majors, you know, if they need those extra arms. And, you know, just moving quick to that bullpen, there's 10 arms in the bullpen for April. You know, they know that their starting pitchers aren't going to be able to go Seven to eight innings every game, so I think just to start out the year, it's going to be a little rusty. Um, I'm actually kind of leaning more on Jake Odorizzi to be like the all star that he was in 2019. He got hurt in 2020, 2021. He was ramped up too fast, uh, came you know got injured, came back, just wasn't himself. You know he got a little bit better into September. You know wasn't the so wasn't the best guy on the staff, but. He's going to be a guy that's going to eat some innings. Um, He can get up to that six, seven innings a game. So I think just to open the season, there's going to be a lot of question marks. You know, Jake Myers isn't there. It's looking just at other positions on the field, but I'm I'm kind of fine with what the the rotation looks like now, even without
1: Lance. I feel the same way about Odorizzi. I'm positive about him. Anytime someone brings him up, I say Odorizzi is going to have a good year. So anyone that badmouths him, you're going to like him this year. All right. So we go to the, the uh, bullpen, you gotta this is in alphabetical order, so it might come out weird. Abreu, Baez, Blanco, Javier, is it Blanco or Blanco?
0: It's Blanco. I've never heard the guy's, huh? It's Blanco, yeah.
1: Okay, Blanco, Javier, Maton, Montero, Hector Neris, Presley Stanek, and Taylor. So Blanco earning a spot in the pen. That's pretty awesome for that guy.
0: Yeah, I think that's not not a lot of people knew who Ronel Blanco was even coming into the year. Um, you know, it wasn't a common name. He pitched all of last year in AAA. I went to a, a handful of Skeeters games, and I can you know I can attest to that. Ronel Blanco was the best closer in the AAA West. Um, it's hard to be a pitcher in the AAA West. There's a lot of elevation. Um, a lot of stats are inflated based on where the conditions are. And Ronel, you looked at the game notes every single day and he'd have like the most saves. He'd have like the lowest closing ERA. So he was, he was flashing a lot of that talent, but he's an older prospect. He's 28 now. Um, He came on the scene late. So a lot of rankings don't like older prospects. So that's why no one really knew who Ronell was. But a fun fact about Ronell is that he hasn't given up a run since uh, I think October or September when he was with the Skeeters last year. So he pitched with, he was on the same team as Jeremy Pena in the Dominican winter league and he didn't give up a run that whole time. Didn't give up a run in spring training. Um so I'm I'm kind of high on Ronell. Um he's still not on the 40-man roster as of uh Tuesday night. Uh somebody's going to get probably get moved to the 60-day. Maybe like Lance, Jake Myers, Taylor Jones, but um <clears throat> I I think that's a good addition. You know, he's has 3 years of minor league options ahead of him. So I like Ronell.
1: You think there's a chance if he does well that he's going to stick with him? cuz he he's probably one of the the extra two guys for april right yeah he's definitely like trying to make a case to be on the
0: roster longer than he can uh you know a lot of guys are gonna come back from injury they might want brandon or they might want bilak to come up a little bit eat some innings out of the bullpen and kind of like a javier role um so i think Ronell has to take each each um outing like it's his last um he might get optioned at some point during the spring maybe bring up josh james and noli paredes just to have a fresh arm in the bullpen but I think he has three or four weeks to prove himself, you know, at the major league level, spring training is major league baseball, but it's not the same, you know, not everything's going to translate over. So he has three or four weeks kind of build up that reputation. He'll probably go back down to the minors for the, you know, for a lot of the season, but he's going to prove that he can be a reliable arm like as an option.
1: You talked about Brandon Bielak. He showed flashes of greatness with the Astros last year and now with an expanded roster two extra pitchers he didn't even make it that's what's what's going on with that guy did he have a bad spring
0: <clears throat> uh he had, he had kind of a rough spring it was like a little bit there I, I didn't see every outing he had and they flashed a lot of different prospects in such a small sample size this year but i know there was one game where he gave a couple runs um the fun thing about Brandon beac is that at one point in 2020 we a lot of us thought brandon beac was going to be some great depth. Um, He was his first four outings. Like he came in after Justin Verlander got hurt and he was dealing like he looked amazing. And then they kind of caught up to him, pitchers or hitters were figuring him out. he still hasn't really gotten away from that. Um, So I think Brandon Belak is definitely going to come up at some point in this, you know, in the spring, like I said, not every starting pitcher is going to be pitching a hundred pitches every single start. So he's going to come up, eat some innings, go back down. Uh, The cool thing about the road trip, uh, to open the year for the Astros is that they're out West most of the time and the ski or the space Cowboys play most of their games out West. They're starting in Sacramento actually today, Tuesday. So.
1: Right. What are your thoughts about the Hector Naris pickup?
0: Um, I, I like Hector Neris. Uh, I know everyone looked at his baseball savant page, looked at those peripherals, advanced metrics, a lot of red circles, which is a good thing. Um, I just, <clears throat> he's coming into a pretty stacked division with batters. Um, you look at what the Rangers, you know, the Rangers, they're not probably not going to contend this year, but they do have two new power bats in that lineup. Um, the Angels are getting back Trout. You know, he's sick right now, but he's hes projected to be in that starting lineup again. So, you know, Trout, Atani, uh, Seeger, Simeon, there's a lot of power bats in there, especially with the Mariners. You know, Julio Rodriguez is what everyone believes he's going to be. Those are some threats. Um, I think that's going to be something he has to get used to. There's not a lot, of, a lot of power bats in the NL East where he was, you know, the last, seven years so i think he's going to have to adjust to that Um, i think he's going to be in a different role he's not going to be the everyday closer i bet stanick picks up more of those closing roles whenever presley needs a day off so i think as a setup man it might take a little bit to get used to um like when presley switched from a setup man to a closer it's just a different role so you're kind of changing your work ethic so i think to open the year there might be a few speed bumps but i'm i'm leaning on
1: hector nearest so let's look at the other side of the ball, if you want to call it that. We got Maldonado and Castro back. Uh Yuli Gurriel, Altuve and Bregman and then Jeremy Peña. I was predicting all along Peña was going to start in Sugarland, the Astros were going to get either a free agent or Nico Gudrum and Diaz were going to platoon, but but Peña's the man. What do you think about yeah. that? Or-
0: I think when we looked at that 26-man roster probably like two months ago, I think we both agreed that we thought Pena would start in AAA. Um, I think it made the most sense if Correa came back, you know, develop Pena even more. Don't rush him. Um, but, you know, he had a good spring. Like I said, spring training doesn't always transfer or translate. Uh, Miles Straw used to rake in spring training, and then he would open the season a little shaky. So I think the biggest thing for Jeremy Pena is, is not that he's, is he going to be a good bat? Is he going to be a good glove? Because we know he's going to be a good glove. It's Is he, can he live up, to the hype because everyone loved Carlos Correa. Everyone wants him to be Carlos Correa and he's not, he's not going to be Carlos Correa. You know, I'm going to say that right now because he's not the same player almost, but um, he can be better than Carlos Correa. He can be, he can be Jeremy Pena. So I think the best thing for fans and just people to look at is he's going to be starting his first major league game. It's going to be his first major league inning on Thursday. And he he might start off a little slow. You know, there's going to be some streaks, you know, a lot of like Alex Bregman, when he came up in 2016, it, it was a little bit rough. I think his first hit was an infield single. I think George Springer also had his first hit as an infield single. You know, it's just, it's just breaking out of that shell of being a minor leaguer. So I think Jeremy Pena is going to have a. You know, he might have a rough start. He might not. You know, he's he's yeah. shown that he can be mature. But if he does have a rough start, I don't think don't jump on the guy. You know, let him let him settle into the role.
1: So um, do you think there is he going to be like the everyday guy? Or are they going to take it slow with him? Or, I mean, he's, he's the starting shortstop, right?
0: Yeah, I think you don't have to worry about anything defensively. He's shown that. Um, his high school coach or his college coach called him a professional glove in high school when he was recruiting him. So I think we might see maybe, I'm going to throw a number, 130 starts in the year. I think there's going to be a lot of Diaz rotating around that infield, Nico Goodrum rotating around that infield. Um, I know Gurriel is getting a little bit older, but he – took so many steps this off season to prove that he wants to play longer than he, than just 37 years old. Um, you know, he slimmed down. Everyone talked about his new diet that he's on. So Nico Goodrum could pick up a start here and there, you know, Alex Bregman, if he's uh, I, he's a hundred percent. That's what it sounds like. But if he needs a couple of days off, you know, Diaz shifts to third, Pena stays at short. It's just going to rotate every now and then to open the season. But I think, I think settling Jeremy Pena as a starting shortstop is the best thing, especially if you're trying to contend. You don't want question marks at shortstop. I think if you're if you can't settle on who's going to be your starting shortstop, I don't think you're ready to actually contend.
1: Yeah, I'm actually pretty confident in him. He had that couple of those home runs late in spring yeah. training, flashing the glove. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, so yeah. let's look at this. Oh, you're, you you want to get another thing?
0: <clears throat> yeah, just a quick thing about Pena is that uh, last year he only played 30 games in AAA, and a lot of people probably don't know that, but he started off the year, he had a hand injury. I think it was a broke one, broke one of his wrists, um, only played 30 games. But a fun thing about uh, Sugar Land Stadium, Constellation Field, well, not a fun thing for hitters, but it's so hard in <laughs> long runs. The wind blows in, uh, the dimensions are th- uh, 330 to each corner. It might be a little bit, further in the right field corner they had to bring the wall in because it was just incredibly hard to hit in that stadium and i think he had i can't remember the exact number i think it's 16 home runs maybe um in 30 games maybe around there maybe a little bit less but he had almost double digit home runs at in sugarland which is incredible like someone like jake myers who was raking in AAA, could barely do that there he was doing all this all of his best numbers on the rope so Jeremy Pena has the power he's definitely bulked up a lot so that's something to just watch out for he's going to have sneaky power he might just become a power bat in that bottom of the
1: lineup so you brought up Sugarland before I forget so they had on the schedule the Astros are going to play Sugarland over in in constellation field and then they were going to play again in minute made with the season delayed they scrapped that idea.
0: Yeah. It was never actually like put on the website, you know, the tickets weren't never sold. I know at the first announcement of like the space Cowboys, you know, everyone was reporting it, you know, like Chandler Rome, um, Brian McTaggart, you know, Jake Kaplan, like the main beat writers had, had that report and the tickets never actually went up on sale. You know, the lockout was in play, um, got pushed back. And my dad, who's a big, Sugarland fan, you know, he loves just minor league baseball. He was kept asking me, Can you give me tickets? Can you give me tickets? And I was like, I don't think it's gonna happen. It's not gonna happen now. <laughs> this the sugar it's the triple A season starts to started Tuesday, so as we're recording, they're about to play. So yeah, that that, that 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 I that was a great idea. I really loved it, you know, getting the minor leaguers to play the Astros, but it's not gonna happen now.
1: There's a ton more excitement around the Sugarland Cowboys than there was the Skeeters, isn't there? <laughs>
0: Yeah. I went to the opening house or, or yeah, it was like an open house this past Saturday and uh coat manager, Mickey story actually brought that up. He said, people just seem to just love it more. They just, you know, everyone loved the Skeeters, you know, people knew about the Skeeters even before the Astros uh, purchased them. But he said, there's something about the colors, the atmosphere, just everyone just seems to just jump onto it. You know, I, everyone kept guessing the names and space Cowboys is his perfect name fits the space, the Texas theme. So he just that was like one of the things he pointed out to, you know, the media was, you know, we we love this. So
1: All right, so we got uh the outfield, you know, Brantley, Tucker, Chas McCormick, center fielder. I I I'm sure he's going to be the starting guy. Uh how much time you think he's going to share with uh, Jose Siri?
0: All right, when we looked at the postseason, you know, Jose Siri came on the scene late. Um a lot of people I think Jose Siri was in the system for a while. He wasn't. That was his first year ever with the Astros. Um, you know, he was a one-time top prospect with the Reds. Bounced around. He went to like I think the Giants and the Mariners last season, or the season before in 2020. Astros picked him up, minor league deal. Um, he was raking in AAA for a while. Everyone kept asking, "Can he replace Straw? Can he replace Straw?" When Jake Myers was the first guy who came up, and Brian De La Cruz was traded. to uh, two guys who were doing the same as Jose Siri. Um, Siri just, you know, kind of everyone talks about. He's a little bit reckless. You know, he plays hard. You know, he runs into walls. He'll injure himself to make the play, uh, score a run. So, but I think, you know, as we saw in the postseason when Myers went went down, just Siri picked up a lot of starts. Dusty Baker loves Jose Siri. He loves the way he plays. Um, but the, when you look at splits, um, Jose Siri is probably going to pick up the starts in center field when a righty is pitching. So I wouldn't be surprised if Jose Siri starts opening day over. Chaz McCormick, um, because Shohei Otani is a right hander and he's the first pitcher uh, for the Angels. And then I guess against lefties would probably be Chaz McCormick, but there's there's less lefty starters, especially in the um the AL West. So I hope they flip that up a little bit, maybe two starts here, two starts there, one 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 kind of thing. But I think you want to build a rhythm because at some point Jake Myers is gonna come back and take that job.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say Jake Myers is the number one guy. But did you hear this? When they were interviewing Dusty Baker talking about Pedro León, it, it sounded like that's who he wanted. But he said, "You know, he said this, he's the best we have, but I only have one vote." Did you think yeah. that was c- going to be close to happening when you read that, or just?
0: I honestly didn't think so. I know, um, I know, Jeremy Pena only played thirty games in AAA, but I'm pretty sure. Pedro Leone only played 10. Um, he got promoted. He struggled in A. It was his first time playing professional baseball since 2019 because he left Cuba and then wasn't playing anywhere. So he got up to AA, struggled a little bit, kind of came into his own, and then got hurt. And that really kind of ruined his chances of just like, promoting himself a little bit more in Triple I think the smartest thing was just to leave him down there. Um, I know Dusty Baker hasn't always got his way in the past. Um, Dusty Baker didn't want Jake Myers on the team. Um, that was one of the big conversations in August. He was talking about you see a little bit timid. Um, he wanted Brian De La Cruz, who's now a Marlin. He's, in the AAA, he's on AAA, uh, the AAA affiliate. I think it's Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp, but uh, he's a Marlin now. And that was the guy that Dusty Baker wanted. He talked about it in the press conferences, talked about it to the media. It just didn't make it sound like he really wanted Jake Myers then, but it seems like he wants him now. And um, the fun thing about Pedro Leone is that all in the off season from last year, you know, Baseball America does their rankings. And Chandler Rome mentioned that a couple scouts weren't impressed with what Pedro Leon was bringing since they signed him. And he was a $4 million guy. Like, they put in a lot of money. He was the highest international signing player I think the Astros have ever had. And from what we saw this spring, he was amazing. And I think his future is in center field. I think by September, he'll be on the 40-man roster. But by then, I think someone like Siri or McCormick will be on a different team because I don't think they need that many outfielders.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. So we talked about Myers being hurt. Uh, Lance McCullers Jr will start the season on the injured list as well. And also one of my favorites, Taylor Jones. So he'll be out. I don't I mean, do you see a spot on him? I mean, a spot on the roster for him either like let's say he wasn't hurt and then if when he comes back, do you see it happening at all? Yeah, it's it's kind of tough because
0: there's no infielder with minor league options. Uh, besides Jeremy Pena. They're not going to option Pena to bring up Taylor Jones late into the year. Um, From what the reports say, you know, multiple reports, Kaplan, McTaggart, Rome, they all had the the injury. You know, they heard it from the team and they said it kind of sounded a little bit long-term and that's not going to help his case. Um, I think Taylor Jones, you know, he he can excel. He has a high ceiling. He can be a power bat in that lineup. And last year, right before they signed Marwin Gonzalez, I was like, Taylor Jones should make the postseason roster. Like he was showing he was really consistent in that summer and then he got COVID and it just kind of slowed him down and then he didn't never made it back up to the majors. He was on the taxi squad a little bit, but um, I really think Taylor Jones's case is going to turn into what happened with Garrett Stubbs. Um, Never really could find a place on the roster and he'll probably get traded for a prospect at the end of the year. Um, You know, it's not, I don't think it's a thing of wasted talent, but it's just like, there's so many good players in front of him. You know, he's not going to take Uli's spot. He's not going to take Bregman's spot. He's not going to start in left field. So it's just it's a hard place to put him, and he's the only guy on the roster on the in, in the infield that they would ever option.
1: Yeah, I agree. I just that's how I look at it. I mean, I know he, you know, he was playing first, and he and he missed a catch, and everybody's like, get get rid of this guy, and you know, and but the third, I think it was the third time he came back, he had over three hundred, and he was driving in runs. You know, he he was playing good, and then he got COVID. Then yep. they got Marwin, and that was it. I mean, I, I exactly what you said. So I kind of already asked you this, so I mean, but I'll go ahead and ask you how pumped up are you for some Space Cowboy baseball? And that's funny because you're wearing the hat.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited for it. Um, I've been on the transaction pages reading a bunch of game notes today, just excited just to look at the rosters. Uh, gotten pretty big into the uh, – minor league world in the last two years uh, you know Jimmy Price you've had him on the show a few times he's Astros future um, you know we love that kind of stuff we love just jumping in and just reading about these prospects I know not everyone cares to know about who Logan Cerny is you know he's re- the return for Garrett Stubbs but you know maybe in a couple of years Logan Cerny could be the next you know he could be the fourth outfielder on the Astros and we've been talking about him for a while so I'm just excited just for the A season uh, I love the rebrand I love the Skeeters you know I grew up I was probably like 11 when the Skeeters were founded. And I just remember going to Skeeters games, having no idea who I was watching just a bunch of you know guys that were trying yeah. to make it back to the majors at some point or to the minor leagues um, in, in, in a or indie ball. So I, I love the ska- I love the space Cowboys logo. I think it looks great and I'm excited yeah. for just minor league baseball, major league baseball back.
1: It almost feels like Houston has two major league baseball teams almost, right? Cause it just, there's just so much buzz,
0: Definitely. Uh, I don't think that was pun intended, you know, cause of the Skeeters. No, 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 no.
1: Yeah. But, uh,
0: but when you go to, I, I don't know if you've been to any uh, Skeeters games last year, but no. they, they, they packed the place. So they, they had some fans there, you know, they, they kept the place busy. Um, I think even this year with the rebrand, they did some renovations to the stadium. Uh, I posted some pictures. They posted some, you know, if you look at the space cowboy social media, you can see those renovations. They look great. You know, they're making it more f- family friendly. You know, that's what, minor league baseball is about it's about player development but it's also about just you know getting kids oriented with baseball so get out to triple a sugarland games those those games are fun
1: yeah make it fun for the kids too we got to grow the league Mm -hmm. with those kids so i got four fair fouls for you did i do any of those last time you were here we didn't do that now okay so i have four questions if you agree you say fair fat or if you don't you say foul all right number one I myself thought Justin Verlander would be the opening day starter. And I knew Otani would be the opening day starter for the Angels. Fair or foul, you're disappointed that you're not going to get to see JV versus Otani opening day.
0: Well, if you say it like that, I'm going to have to say fair. (laughs) Um, If if you just said Justin Verlander opening day starter, I think I would have just said foul. Like I, I really don't. I think it was fine to give Fromber the start. You know, he pitched into the postseason, um, a little shaky into the World Series. And but he picked it up, you know, in the ALCS as the ace of the team. Um, last year, I was, I was pulling for him to be the opening day starter over Grandke, just for, you know, some different different takes in there. Um, but when you say it, you know, as Otani, you know, Verlander is one of the greatest pitchers of all time. Otani can be one of the greatest players of all time, not even just a pitcher. I think seeing them, it's like a passing of the torch. They're not the same player, but it's passing of the torch is one of the best pitchers to you know one of the best players as as the face of baseball. So
1: I'll agree with you on that one. Well, I didn't answer yet. Oh, okay. (laughs) I I'm not disappointed. Okay. Because yes, it would be a cool matchup, but I like I want to see. I don't know. I just I think I'm comfortable with Framber going out there and pitching well, and then Verlander taking on their third guy. I think we have more chance for some wins in that series with the way they did it. That's how I feel.
0: Oh, I definitely agree. I never really thought about you know putting a you know guy who's won multiple Cy Young Hall of Famer, up against. I, I think it's Suarez. I, I don't know the, who's beyond. I don't, Cinder, I don't know who's beyond Syndergaard and Otani. So that, that's
1: a good thing. You know, a good idea there. Yeah, Syndigard against Odorizzi. Yep. Our, our boy. We back him. Oh yeah. He's going, he's going against Thor. He's pretty mm-hmm. exciting. All right. Pedro fair foul. Pedro Baez will get his velocity back. <laughs> foul. Uh I
0: don't think that velocity. <laughs> I don't think the velocity is coming back for Pedro. Um, I think what's gonna make him succeed is to change it, the way he pitches. Um, you know, like you saw Zach Granke. He embraced losing velocity, embraced be, not being a strikeout pitcher anymore. He became a ground ball guy, um, worked batters, painted the corners. You know, went velocity, fast, slow. You know, intermixed a lot of pitches. So I think that'd be the best thing for Pedro Baez. You know, he catches so much, you know, flack for what happened, and you know, he started the spring training late last year, got hurt, um, was kind of like a mystery guy to a lot of people. Never really found himself again. Um, but if the velocity is not coming back, I think the best idea is to change the way he pitches. And I think that's what's going to succeed for him.
1: Yeah. I'll say fair because I really don't know. Mm. I'm just assuming the the more he pitches, he'll, you know, he'll get his velocity back. But if not, it looks like spring training, he didn't have that much of an issue with it.
0: Yeah. I think some, there were still some scouts that were, you know, there were reports from the beat writers. There were scouts still saying he was a little bit down on his pitches. You know, he was, Uh, neighboring 95 when he was with the dodgers and he's getting older um so you know the velocity is not going to always come back especially for a reliever like himself um a lot of people don't know this but he's one of the slowest relievers in baseball uh he had a nickname like in la he was the human rain delay uh so i remember that yeah so someone like him and andre scrub of some of the slowest pitchers uh with their (laughs) windups so where's andre scrub at Oh, so that was an interesting thing today. Um, So he was never assigned to the Astros this spring, didn't pitch at all. Uh, He was removed from the 40-man to add a bunch of other guys this year, so he was outrighted. He's in AAA, but he got put on the 60-day IL. No word on what happened. Uh, He came back last year in AAA, pitched a little bit, looked great, uh, rocked a mustache. He looked like a different guy out there. And then something happened probably over the the offseason. He's back on the 60-day, but in the minor leagues, so he's not going to pitch for the first two months. There was no word on what happened.
1: Yeah, I mean, at times, he was a pretty decent bullpen
0: arm. Yeah, and and definitely in 2020, they leaned on him a lot. He just – command wasn't there, and he battled, like, two injuries last year, some shoulder stuff, so sucks
1: Sucks what road he's gone down now. I think in, like, 2040, (laughs) they need to have a reunion at Minute Maid Park with all those young – kids that they plucked from a ball yeah you know that, they, that that's <clears> cool because that, that that season just i i think to me it put people in the roster today
0: that Blue, might yeah. not even
1: not, might not even be on there yet and they've already yeah. been on there like three years already
0: yeah like luis garcia never pitched past a ball in his career and <laughs> now he's one of the best starters in the american League west so yeah so that's yeah
1: Speaking of the American League West, fair or foul, the Astros will win the American League West. I saw Fox picked Seattle. Yeah, I'm
0: going to say fair. Uh, Fox sports fans aren't always the brightest. They chose the Angels in 2021. Angels weren't very good. Even at full strength, they probably weren't going to dethrone the Astros. Um, but, yeah, you know, Seattle's a good team. I don't even think they're the... Um, second best team in the division. I think they're going to be neck and neck with the angels, but I think the angels will be the second best team behind the Astros this year. Really? Yeah.
1: Oh, that's a, that's a bold prediction. I think the, you know, <laughs> the, there's
0: a lot of good names on the uh, Mariners, but you know, this might be some shaky seasons from Ty France, Mitch Hanager. Um I don't really like their rotation all that much. I know they have the reigning Cy Young um, and Ray, Robbie Ray, but I I think there's a lot
1: of holes in that lineup that people don't see. Do you have any idea how Thor did in spring training? Because what I, I don't know a lot about other teams, but I know who he is because he's real popular because he has the long hair and the nickname and all that. But what I thought I had read is he's pitched like one game since 2020.
0: Yeah, I think he came in for one game uh, last year with the Mets Um, But I didn't really see anything from him. You know, he plays in Arizona, so I didn't really pay attention to that league this year. I know the Astros are the only AL West team to play in Florida. I'm actually looking at Noah Syndergaard's numbers right now. Um, (laughs) But I mean,
1: on paper, that is is an awesome number two in your rotation. But we don't know if he's going to be that guy. I mean, he might not be any good at all.
0: Yeah, I, he might not be an all-star again, but I think he's going to be a you know a reliable guy. I think he would fit into the Astros rotation when you think about it. But uh, he pitched eight and eight, uh, two-thirds innings, gave up one earned run on three hits, two walks, and he punched out eleven. So had a pretty decent oh, spring. Um, I take it back. Yeah, so I think he's looking more like the original Thor. But um, oh, that's good. we'll see how. Yeah, I think. But, but behind that, you know, the, uh, I think they have Reed Detmers. Um, is one of like the top pitching prospects, and I think he's with the Angels. Um, but I don't really know who else is going to fill into that back end of the rotation there.
1: Yeah. All right. So I only got four for you. This is the final one. I thought I just sometimes I have conversations with myself on the way home. I was talk you know, that we we were talking about the Yankees letter, you know, and they didn't want to open it. So they went to court to keep it sealed, and they lost their appeal. And now they're appealing again. So fair foul, you will be alive when you when to see the Yankees letter open. Fair foul.
0: I'm going to say fair because I really hope so. Um, I'm only 21, so I'm leaning oh. on that I'll still be alive for that one. Um, but I, I honestly, my, my quick thought about the whole letter is I don't think much will come from it um i think a lot of fans will just believe it was just the astros you know more information came out you know like the 2018 rockies were doing a similar thing the red sox you know were cheating 2017 2018 and nothing really came of it um the astros were the first ones to really get caught so i think they'll just catch the most flack no matter what
1: yeah they were interviewing chris sale the other day and that's what he said said, mm-hmm. you know, they they asked him, "Do you I don't even I mean, he said, "I don't even know why we're talking about it. Like, let it go already because the players are letting it go." But he said, "For all the players out there, like be careful because I know for a fact the Astros aren't the only one that was doing what they were doing." Mhm. You know, so be careful. Yeah. And uh so anyway, yeah. But go ahead.
0: Yeah, I think it came up again cuz Brian Cashman was, you know, talking about how um, you know, the Astros are the reason the Yankees have been in such a drought since 2009. Yeah, you know, I it was really. one of the, yeah, and I think, I think just the, it's so funny because Marwin Gonzalez's contract is going to get selected soon. You know, he's probably going to make that opening day a roster for the Yankees. You know, it's in contention. So I think it's just people are so two faced, especially GMs. So, you know, yeah, let Brian, let Brian Cashman just complain.
1: Yeah. So you say fair, you're only 21, but I'm 51. Mm-hmm. i think i mean it's like see what i think is they i don't i don't know how it all goes but it feels like they have the baseball major league baseball on their side and my answer to myself when i was driving home is i'm the letter's probably gonna be a uh piece of dust you know it's gonna disintegrate Cause it's mm-hmm. going to take so long to open it. By the time we get to open it, it you won't even be able to read it anymore. It's going to be so old. So I say foul, I'm never going to get to see it. And it's, it's kind of like this, you know, they said it's going to embarrass it, but embarrass the franchise, but it's nothing you don't already know. Mm-hmm. Then why, why do you fight it? So let us, let us read it. Mm-hmm. Like, why are you fighting it? If there's nothing in there?
0: Yeah, I think so it just got, makes There's
1: got to be something. it has got to be something or they wouldn't be fighting it.
0: It makes you look more sketchy that you're trying to hide it. So
1: might as well and just then, show, show everyone. So not to make this a cheating scandal conversation, but Beltron he interviewed, he's like, oh yeah, we were doing it and we just didn't stop because everybody else was doing it and we didn't stop because it was working. Mm-hmm. You know, but he's like, Why am I the only one that got – I was the only player that got called out by name. I'm the only player that got in trouble. Why is that? That's not fair. And it's like, well, in the interview, they pinpointed you as the leader. That's why. Yeah, they kind of said that he was the guy who brought it
0: there. Um, You you look at that, and it kind of sucks because he was going to be the manager of the Mets and that whole – Thing came out, and he lost his job because of it. And he's employed by the Yankees now. Some people might be questioning why he even did that. But, you know, he's employed by yeah. them. He's part of Yes Network, the Yankees' own Yes Network. so um, He's he, the they, Yes Man
1: on the Yes Network now. Yep. He can't speak out against the Yankees now.
0: Yeah. he uh, accident, He accidentally reported Aaron Judge's contract extension the other day. So <laughs>
1: <coughs> there's that, too. Yeah, I mean, he – I mean, possibly – if he was somewhere else, some you know, a couple years down the line, he would be, you know, because eventually, buddy, eventually, all the people in that era are going to retire and it's all going to come out. Oh, but, definitely. But it's going to be so long, no one's going to care. I think they could make a list. Here are six teams that were doing exactly what the Astros were doing and people are going to be like, ah, I don't care. They're not even going to be upset. Mm-hmm. We're the villains and they're never going to let it go. That's how I see it. And I don't care. And I was, I, I commented on someone the other day. Cause I was lucky enough to have Brent Strom on here one time. And he said, the players love it. He said, they love being booed. <laughs> so like, mm-hmm. I, I tried to tell the fans, quit trying to defend, let them boo them. They like it. Like, yeah, just embrace it. If the players like it, you know, let them boo. Quit complaining about it. And you're drinking out of a cup you got at the stadium. That's pretty awesome. Yep. All right, buddy. That's all I got, man. I appreciate you coming on and helping me get this little uh, Astros pre-2022 season podcast going. I was supposed to do one Sunday, but I I didn't get one done. So I really appreciate you helping me get this done, buddy.
0: Of course. Thank you for having me back on. You know, Ask me anytime. We can talk about baseball all day
1: long. All right. I appreciate it, man. I love having you on. Well, thanks for tuning in, guys, and we'll see you next time on Astros Baseball. Thanks for listening to this episode of Astros Baseball. Be sure to subscribe to be alerted when there's a new episode. Follow Rob on Twitter at Rob Fontenot. Sick of being upsold at gyms?